Hi there, I'm Robert Nedgen, host of the Information Security Podcast. Today, we are live from the Information Security Summit 2019 event in Cleveland, Ohio, where thought leaders and industry experts come together for three days of intriguing discussion, networking, and learning. And I'm here speaking right now with Mike Radigan. And so tell me about Mike Radigan. You are with uh, a company called Capgemini. That's right. And you are here to talk about demystifying industrial control system cyber risk. That's a lot. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. So, so as we were talking earlier, I'm originally from this fine northeast Ohio, north coast of the Americas, uh, born and raised a Clevelander. So I'm a husband of one wife, father of six children, and the master of only one thing, my dog, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I have no control over anything. But so, it's great to be back up here. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, a little trivia. I know Gary Sheehan, who is the founder yes, of the, the founder event of the here. Summit. And 17 years ago, I helped him uh, promote the summit. I was... Uh, one of the founders. I wouldn't claim to be a founder. I was an inspiring force. Okay. Okay. So I was uh, always involved with the information security community back then and uh, lent my extensive database and of contacts up in the Cleveland area to, to promote the event because it was a benefit to the entire community up here. So it's great to see how much it's grown. It's fantastic. Grown growth. from like 70, 17 years ago, I'm told, to today, this week, we're expecting uh, with the five days, uh, over 2,000 people uh, yeah. between Monday through Friday total. It's yeah. It's very well done, very well organized, very well supported, not only by the people attending, but the sponsors. So, We have a lot of fantastic sponsors. I mean, even just meeting all the sponsors is a value in and of itself, uh, as, as well as the networking. Uh, but there is a lot of everybody knows everybody in the security community. You build those relationships, and, and just that right. one-stop place where all of you can talk and meet right. and share information is, is meaningful. It is, and then to offer that, like say, the networking time is so neglected during the year. So if you can set this time aside, you have the chance to have those hallway conversations or gather around the the craps table this evening and have a little fun together. Indeed. So industrial control system cyber risk, demystifying it. I mean, even the phrase is sort of elusive for me. So how do you define an industrial control system? Good place to start. So, yeah, we might try not to throw a bunch of acronyms around uh, on this podcast here. However, industrial control systems, we'll call it ICS, is kind of a catch-all phrase for all systems that would con- control industrial processes. So, you might be familiar with a distributed control system. So, that would be something you might find in a power plant. That's a DCS. And then the supervisory control and data acquisition system, a SCADA system. You might find that, uh, you know, gas and oil, very distributed uh, facilities would have the the SCADA systems, you know, grids, microgrids and such. Then you got the PLCs, programmable programmable logical I've actually heard of that one. Yeah. Those are the things used in manufacturing, aren't they? They would be, yeah, very very discrete processes. So it's, uh, they have very... Uh, very limited computing power, but they get the job done. So it's uh, what we find in this world of industrial control systems are you have, they're engineered systems. They're designed for a purpose. Every component, every piece is there for a reason. They, you know, they're composed of networking devices and 
Windows computing devices. However, all the software, all the hardware, the RTUs and the controllers and such, they're all there and they're all designed for Now, this for stuff has been working person. for decades, so let me ask a silly question. What do industrial control systems and cyber risk, what do they have to do with each other? In the, in the world of uh, industrial operations, the let's take the plan manager. When the, if I was to describe the role of a plan manager of any operation, his main mission in life is to uh, safely, reliably, and profitably deliver on the value proposition. Whether it's getting a widget out the door, electricity out the door, his main focus is safe, reliable, profitable operations. All right. So anything that threatens that, he has to watch. So he is a risk management professional in his own right. So his mission in life is to minimize unplanned disruptions to the operation and or when those disruptions happen. He's got a fiduciary responsibility to the company. He's got to, is he, he's got to reduce the, um, the effect of any of these unplanned shutdowns. So his world is keeping this operation running and producing and meeting his, uh, his objectives, which are very specific metrics for uptime. So maybe to ask an old school question, why the yeah. heck are these things connected to the network? <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm right. imagining some, you know, trusty, crusty old timers saying, why the heck are these things connected to the network? Why do these things yeah. get connected to the internet? We don't need the internet. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, you know, very simplistic phrase. Why? Hey, uh, uh, 20 years ago, I was designing, we'll call it, uh, Ethernet infrastructure for all the Owens Corning plants across the country. Roofing plants, you know, the, the fiberglass plants, the asphalt plants. We were putting in Ethernet connections along the plant floor, along the production line, because they were deploying an SAP system. So that was their... Now, SAP is an enterprise resource planning system. This, this, is, right. this is the GL on steroids. That's right. So the business people want the data so they can make uh, cost-effective decisions on material supply and what's going out the door and how much inventory they have. So, In, in uh, this day yeah. of being more efficient, it's not really an optional thing. That's true. Yeah, so that's the advent of connecting control systems to Coco the Internet or the Enterprise Network dates really back to the late 90s. And it's been a demand from the business ever since. Now, so, just to right? ask a satirical, rhetorical question, security was designed into all of this in the beginning, right? <laughs> uh, wait a minute, yeah. you're laughing. That's, uh, laughing. that's not an encouraging it's, sign here. No, right? no, absolutely not. So security, uh, at least as we call network security, or information security was not designed in at all. However... It wasn't really designed into the internet either. We never imagined, yeah. we being ordinary people of the world, never imagined that, oh, gee, somebody would be adversarial over the other end of that connection. Well, yeah, I would say that there was some point in time where we all recognized that was going to be an issue. However, these isolated systems weren't generally subject to those forces. But as I mentioned earlier, these are engineered systems, okay? So the engineers think redundancy. They think... Um, uptime, uh, five, nine availability. So these systems were built to be very resilient. And so the mindset was it the engineering mindset, which is fail safe. This, we, like we IP lose. and ethernet, those are resilient protocols. Well, I would have a, I would have a backup. Uh, well, that's true. IP would be very resilient. Uh, the network itself would have to have a uh, redundant network. So I'd have to have an ability to lose a switch here or a switch there. But, but the yeah. resilience wasn't thinking of maliciousness. 
wasn't considering an external force coming in and uh, tinkering with the, the control system. No, that's very so. Tuesday. So how do you deal with that? What are, what are the approaches to dealing with these industrial control risks? Yeah, yeah, that's the question of the day. So first of all, we understand the possible, the threats. So you, you asked me a very good question, which is how do we deal with the cyber risk to the industrial control systems? If you can actually answer that question, how much cyber risk do we have for this production environment? Then you would know what you need to do in order to, how much you would need to invest in mitigating it, and then sort out what's the best mitigation solution. The challenge we have today is we don't really understand the risk. We speak in terms of threats. We're worried about ransomware coming in. Uh, we know the possible, hey, do you see what happened and not pet you and want to cry what they did to Maersk? And those are case studies in all themselves, but that's the possible. But the question is, is it going to happen here in my facility, in my operation? Because I have a, I know my operation. Like say I got an engineered system, maybe be 20 years old, but I know how to operate this environment. I know the 10 things that will take this plant down that have happened historically that I have to care about to meet my production quotas and meet my profitability goals. Now, if you come in and ask, tell me I have a cyber threat issue, I'd say, okay, I care about that because I want to keep my operation running. But tell me how much I should care because here's the 10 things I care about. They take my plant down once a month or once a year. I watch these things. I haven't had a cyber issue yet take my plant down. I, I'm, I'm a risk manager by nature. That's what I do every day. I manage risk. So help me assess this risk posed by these cyber threats you're talking about because I haven't seen them yet. They haven't been reading the news. That's my <laughs> reaction. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. specifically, and, and again, we're in the cyber bubble, but I'm thinking of yeah. a news story from a few months ago of a, a supplier to Apple making iPhone components or iPhones or something like that. And they were temporarily knocked offline right. by the WannaCry virus. That's right. Because... Gee, their firewall blocked the domain that was used as the kill switch for the WannaCry virus, and somehow the WannaCry virus weaved its way in there, and it couldn't find the kill switch because its environment was isolated from the outside world, and lo and behold, it spread. Nice. And boom, shut down yep. that manufacturing facility. So that's one out of a couple that's just hundred an thousand manufacturing. So the question, though, is, what about my facility? The focus ends up being, what's the probability that's going to happen to me? Exactly. And you have to, you're in a situation where you have to persuade people that this is a real risk, not just some sort of FUD, if you're uncertainty and doubt. Well, that's where we say terms matter. So what is a risk? So when, when we're trying to communicate with an operational, a person responsible for operational environment, risk to him is a scenario, a bad scenario that's going to happen. This pump is going to fail, which is going to shut down this process, which means I can't get product out the door. So this thing, want to cry, what's it going to do to my environment? And what's the possibility of that happening? Better yet, what's the probability of that happening? So if you want to, want to communicate effectively with me, you need to speak in terms of true risk, which is probabilities. Help me understand what are, we'll call it the chances that's going to happen in my plant. And when it does, how bad is it going to be? If you can... How do you do that? How, how do you persuasively communicate to these individuals concerned about risk, legitimately concerned about risk, right. and, and asking, frankly, a reasonable question, right. because they're not in the cyber bubble like the rest of us. 
How do we how do we bridge that gap? Glad you asked that question. <laughs> so we're dealing with a a need to equate cyber risk with operational risk. So I understand the ten things that take my plan down. I understand their the frequency that they could happen, and I know when they happen how bad they're going to be. I've experienced this. I have historical records, right? So now, most likely, you're trying to communicate to me a potential future event that could occur because something's changed in the landscape, right? The the threat landscape is changing, as you described. It's happening more and more. So what you need to do for me, if I'm the operational guy, you need to stack rank cyber risk up against my top 10 things I have to care about. So we have to normalize these two risks, operational risk and cyber risk. I need to quantify both of them using the same model, same terminology, and in the end, the same financial metrics so that the aha moment will occur. The operational guys say, aha, okay, I see. This is my operational risk in financial terms using a sound method of computation and analysis. We use the same model and computation analysis to characterize cyber risk. Now I can compare the two. Now I know how much I should care. And that is how you demystify cyber risk. Because quite frankly, the way we communicate about cyber risk today is just as you explain it to me, hey, look what bad things are happening out there. We should care about it. And so you're illustrating there's a growing threat community, but you still haven't communicated how much risk I have. So so what types of organizations are dealing with this issue? So the ones that seem to be caring the most are the ones that have the most to lose, of course. So you see anybody that's got a 7 by 24, even by 365 operation, that is, uh, first of all, running on some sort of legacy network. So the network security... Oh, we never see legacy in manufacturing. Yeah. I, I say that sarcastically. Some yeah. of the stuff in that in that world is like decades old, older than the people running it. Yeah, they're running routed networks and they're not segmented off from the enterprise network. So, What isn't broken? Why fix it? So we had a a conversation with a customer who was preparing to go before their board of directors. And the board, this is post-WannaCry, months mm -hmm, after mm -hmm, mm WannaCry. That did wake up a lot of folks in what we would call the industrial segment. Because those, oddly enough, they affected more of the, the systems that controlled the distribution of the order entry system such. The manufacturing sites weren't affected as much, but the losses were significant, and they were some industrial-type companies. It was a wake-up call. It was. And so the question is, if the board's responsible for ensuring the organization knows how to manage cyber risk, the question goes out, can this happen to us? How exposed are we to having this happen? And so the... Um, knowing that the legacy networks are prone to the propagation of such things as ransomware-type malware, and they have a lot to lose. The company we were talking to is going to lose $4 million per day per plant, and they had 50 plants. Boy, that is a wake-up call. And so our proposal to them was in the order of $60 million. But you think all it needs is, what, 12 plants... 15 plants to go down for one day and it would cost justify that investment. So it was, so I would say who's doing, who's cares about it. Those that are regulated, you know, NERC SIP for the electric power industry. Are there regulations actually addressing this issue that these organizations need to pay attention to? Uh, that one in particular is, yeah. So that's probably our most regulated critical infrastructure. Are companies paying attention to these regulations or are they just trying to 
squeak by? Uh, in the case of NERCSIP, they are forced to pay attention to it. No, NERCSIP. NERC, are we talking nuclear energy regulation, uh, regulatory commission? Is that what that one stands for? Uh, yeah, so that's a good, you know, it's a... Uh, and, and SIP stands for... The NERC is actually um, North American Electric Reliability Corp. Oh, I got that totally wrong. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> it's everything but nuclear. <laughs> FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, I believe has domain over... See, that's the problem with acronyms. You don't know which one you're referring to, especially when there are acronym collisions. The NRC, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission, has got the nukes. But all in all, I would say that's the most highly regulated. They pay attention and they are audited. What kind of skills do they need to to get through this and and to figure all this out, where to go, et cetera? So those that are listening that are in the... have gained responsibility for what we'll call industrial cybersecurity. means they have... Now they own maybe the, the risk posed by plant shutdown due to a cyber incident. Um, they are in the process of trying to figure this out. So you've got a vendor community that's trying to say, hey, this is what you should care about. You know, we have the solution to protect your environment or give you visibility into your environment, what have you. The individuals that are most qualified to assess what we really should care about really are ones that understand the process. So are we making widgets? Are we generating power? The process industry as a whole is a lot of nuances. So you got to know the process. You got to know then it's best to know your control system environment well. Uh, So you're listening to support of your control system vendor. Uh, And then you really do need to know the, we'll call it the, the IT side of the equation, the network and operating system cybersecurity. So it's, it's a blend of skills. You have to have everybody at the table at the same time if you don't have somebody that's been groomed in-house that has that background. Mike Radigan is passionate for the business of security, as you can see from the things he's described, the mission of security, the advancement of the cyber risk management profession. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. And uh, if someone wants to follow you or get in contact with you, how do they do that? Well, since we are out on the Twitter feed here, uh, Radigan at BOS, and that's A-T at is the Twitter handle. Mike.Radigan at capgemini.com would be the uh, most reliable way to reach me. By email, yes. There you go. Thanks for joining us on the Information Security Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, you can listen to more from the Information Security Summit 2019 featuring keynotes and behind-the-scenes interviews with some of the Summit's speakers by subscribing to the Information Security Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Or go to informationsecuritysummit.org. We'd like to give special thanks to our sponsors, ASMGI and Bright Skies. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay secure.